Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the PreparedX uh, podcast. Um, this one's quite interesting because I'm actually filming this one and we're going to be using the audio for the podcast and we're also going to be using parts of the video uh, for uh, posting uh, various different pieces of content on the various networks. So um, this is uh, fairly new. Um, so it's good to be here. And uh, just before we get going, I want to remind everyone that on May 12th uh, through the 14th of 2020, PreparedX uh, will be sponsoring again uh, as a gold sponsor, the International Crisis Management Conference. So we're really excited about that. This will be our fifth year. It's the fifth uh, annual conference uh, that uh, ICMC are putting on, which uh, many of you know I'm involved in. Um, so we're super excited. Uh, great lineup of speakers already. Um, some sponsors already signed up and uh, many people uh, signing up for the conference. So uh, we've got about five months, five and a half months before we get there. Actually, six months, I think. So we've got plenty of time um, to get um, you know lots of people to come over to Rhode Island again and uh, come to the conference. A great uh, fifth year. So we're excited about that. Um, so anyway, this uh, uh, podcast, I wanted to touch on a subject that I've touched on before. I'm not sure whether I've touched on it in a podcast before, but it's certainly something... Uh, that comes up from time to time in the crisis simulation exercises that uh, PreparedX conduct for our customers. Um, and that is uh, the various roles uh, within the crisis management team. Um, so when we look at plans and roles and responsibilities within those plans, um, quite often they're very similar um, throughout different businesses uh, with some nuances uh, depending on the organization, um, their operations, their type of business. Um, you know, there's some slight differences. Um, one of the key uh, roles, of course, is the leader, the crisis leader. Uh, that's a critical role. Uh, another critical role is uh, the crisis uh, communicators. Uh, so, you know, those uh, responsible for uh, the media, those responsible for internal communications or messaging. Um, so the communication uh, team, and that may be a public affairs team. It could be corporate comms. You know, again, you know, the, the name very slightly uh, depending on the, um, the type of business. Um, and so, you know, the differences between those two, uh, the clear differences between those two roles, um, you know, the, the leader really makes critical decisions uh, based on all the information that he or she has. So it's not just about the communications that come in, although that's a big part of uh, crisis management and crisis response. Um, it's really um, about everything else as well. So uh, the cross-functional team uh, will feed information back into the crisis leader. So you got operational information uh, coming in from the event. So let's say we have a fire, a bad fire at one of our facilities or one of our offices somewhere in the world. Um, and it's, you know, potentially kill people or there are people missing. Um, and it's become a crisis for us fairly quickly. And we've had to activate the team to help support um, that, um, uh, that emergency. And so the crisis leader's got a lot of information coming in um, to them uh, from different, um, different angles. Uh, and so it becomes uh, imperative that um, the crisis leader uh, processes, that, processes that information and makes decisions uh, fairly quickly on all that data. 
Um, the crisis communicator um, and uh, their role, and normally um, the, the communication folks within, certainly within uh, the larger businesses, the global 100s, um, you know, the big Fortune 500 companies is typically made up of a larger group of people. So there's typically good resources or a good depth of resources uh, within that group. Uh, and if it's not, they often will look externally uh, for partners um, and agencies, um, crisis communicators, to support their response uh, and help with communications and messaging. Um, and, and so that is very clear what that role is. Um, it's very clear um, that there's a distinction between uh, a communicator and a decision maker uh, and a leader. So it's you know really important um, that um, you know some organisations that are smaller um, may be led by a crisis communicator, um, and that might be fine. But it's not just about the communications. Um, there's nothing wrong with having uh, the crisis leader be someone uh, that's overseeing uh, crisis communications, uh, but uh, he or she just needs to be aware that there's a lot more uh, typically going on. Uh, now, if it's a social media crisis, if it's a communication-related crisis, if it's all media-related, um, then obviously there'd be a heavy, heavier media presence uh, within uh, the crisis management team. Uh, that's, um, you know, it doesn't mean that the remainder of the team shouldn't be activated. You still should have that cross-functional team meet and kind of get an understanding if this is going to impact us elsewhere within the business in a day's time, in five days' time. Could there be other threats that happen and impact us, you know, based on that communication crisis? So anyway, um, that's the, you know, distinction between the two there. I'm just going to touch on, um, I've just got a couple of bullet points here. Um, so uh, what does the crisis management leader do? So there's, um, you know, prepare the crisis management team, of course, uh, ensure that you do your regular horizon scanning. So looking out for various different threats, and that's across the enterprise. Um, continual education and skills for the crisis management team. So uh, that's one of the leader's roles. Uh, practice through simulation exercises, which of course is a lot of what we do here at PreparedX. Uh, during the incidents, obviously, you know, activate the team. That's the leader's typically the leader's role, to say, okay, I've got enough information here now to say I need to bring the team together and, and make some decisions fairly quickly based on uh, the information that I'm being fed. So um, that initial briefing, uh, that's uh, to stabilize the situation or at least uh, get the team organized. So that's uh, another responsibility. Um, manage the team expectations early on. I think that's a really important one. Um, if you, as a leader of a crisis team, um, have a board to report to or a senior leadership team to report to or if you're out on the ground and you're in a warehouse as a crisis team or a leadership team and you have to report back to corporate then again it's important that you set those expectations early let them know there's an event that's ongoing let them know that uh, you'll report to them within an hour or whatever it may be um, set that cadence early on set those expectations so everybody's on the same page uh, really important from um you know, from an organization standpoint and, and being organized early on. Um, overseeing the ongoing, ongoing briefing cycles. Um, so that's really um, the responsibility of the crisis coordinator in conjunction with the leader. So the leader obviously drives that. You know, I want the next briefing at 1400 hours. Make sure everybody's here with the latest information. So really important. Uh, and the last one I'll touch on here, and there, there are probably several more as well um, that we could get into, but the last one I'll use for this video is stakeholder awareness. 
uh, really important understanding of internal and external stakeholders and then who, you, who we have to communicate with very quickly, working with the communication uh, lead, uh, making sure that um, we have those messages crafted as much as we can. If we can do that ahead of time, that's great. And we then tweak them. Uh, that's really important. So uh, stakeholder awareness becomes um, really important in these early stages. Um, so ensuring you've got a stakeholder register with everyone documented, who do we need to communicate with within the first hour? Um, have, we have we missed anyone? If you've got those documented ahead of time in a document that you can pull up and you know very quickly go through, then you're ahead of the game. If you're then scrambling to say, have we communicated with everyone? And then you've got people calling you, a regulator calling you. You may have, um, you know, other people uh, or other stakeholder groups such as partners. Uh, you may have, you know, financial um, advisors. It could be all, depending on your industry, a whole range of stakeholder groups that you've not uh, thought about because you've not done the prep work. So do the prep work and make sure you cover all those stakeholder groups so you can very quickly uh, get organized in the early moments um, of an event. And then as we touch on the, so the difference between, so that's again, just some of the um, key points uh, for the crisis leader. And then for the communicator, obviously prepare that crisis response, putting that strategy together. You know, how are we gonna deal with this early on in terms of the communications? What do we say early on, if anything? You know, what's the message gonna go out? Uh, what messages are gonna go out? Who are our stakeholder groups? We're gonna speak to the employees at some point in time. We're gonna work with human resources to make sure that message uh, is on point. And you know, uh, those are the stakeholder groups, critical as well. Is it within 30 minutes, an hour, again, Situational, depending on the event. Um, if it's a cyber event and you've got information that you've had for, you know, for a period of time, you know, as we've seen, um, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in terms of communicating. But um, we often hear um, these events uh, that have unfolded and, and you've, um, you know, uh, the organization's known about the breach for several weeks and months and it's the first message that's going out because the situation has gradually gotten worse. Um, it often uh, doesn't uh, bode well. Um, so create planning documents is another one here, up-to-date information, um, you know, law firms, if you're going to bring external legal uh, counsel in, uh, external, um, you know, agency, uh, communication agency in to, you know, help support uh, the response. So making sure that uh, we've got all that information up to date. Um, uh, require, um, you know, pr prior approvals on common risk-related scenario holding statements. Uh, it's a fairly common one within crisis communication plans. Uh, develop those relationships prior to the crisis. I talk about this all the time in exercises. Um, the stronger those relationships are, uh, the easier it is to work with those uh, groups or individuals uh, during an event because we've built that trust and we've spent um, some time uh, to develop uh, the relationship ahead of time. Uh, create that strategy, as I mentioned. Make sure it aligns with the organizational's, uh, organization's goals. Uh, make sure you're on the same um, path in terms of messaging. You know, what is the strategy? Does it look, um, you know, so does it look um, like this is going to go on for several weeks? Is it going to be a reputational play in a few weeks or months? Or could it be in a few months or uh, uh, certainly six months time? Um, you know, we've seen that um, in uh, various different events over the years where there's been an event and the strategy has been um, kind of plug the gap for the first few days. Um, but with, there's been no thought about, you know, where are we going to go? Is this going to be still, still lingering around from, um, from a PR standpoint, um, a bad public relations standpoint in two weeks' time, in four weeks' time, in six weeks' time? So getting, to the, getting the team to think about that um, and think about, you know, the longer-term strategy as well, or mid-term and long-term strategy, as well as plugging those gaps in the first few 
uh, days or weeks. Uh, social media monitoring, um, those of you that are communicators are very aware of that. Um, have you got uh, an outside agency that does that? Have you got someone internally? Have you got software that does that? Uh, so that's part of your process as well and understanding the benefits and the pitfalls of that. Um, and then draft and gain necessary approvals. This is a big one. Um, you know, gaining approval um, for those various messages that go out. Does it have to go through legal? Does it have to go through other areas of the business, other leaders? How long is that going to take? You should be validating that process. Um, we often go into exercises and, and there's a realization that, um, you know, this could take, you know, literally hours for this message to get out when it's a message that needs to go out within 30 minutes or within an hour, whatever it may be. And we realize that very quickly that, um, you know, these eight people that have to see this document or these various different areas of the business that this has got to go through um, could slow this really down. So streamlining that, understanding that, you know, um, it may not be perfect initially. And if you're looking for perfect um, and it's a, it's a drastically, you know, difficult dynamic situation, um, then, you know, that may not be the case. Uh, you may just need to get be able to craft a message that's close enough where you need to be and then continually um, update that message and continually um, communicate to the various stakeholder groups, however often that may be, again, situational. And then, the, you know, as a communicator, you need to be on the, the, the cross-functional team all the time. You need to have representation there. Um, and so and that's typically always the case um, with cross-functional crisis management teams. We, we often see that. So that was a lot. Um, and um, I think, um, you know, I'm going to, in, in addition to this um, podcast and this video that I've just done, um, I'm going to um, add a link to um, a blog that um, I think we did on this uh, a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago. Um, so that will add all these bullet points in um, so you can see and you can paste those and take those away and utilize those if you want. Um, if you've got more, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, this, you know, I think you can, this can be kind of a, a never ending list, but um, you know, there's certainly some here that would hopefully have provided you uh, that um, are, are good points and good um good uh, you know, thought provokers in terms of where you currently are with your uh, crisis uh, management planning. So, so there's the differences uh, between a crisis leader and a crisis communicator. I hope you enjoyed uh, today's podcast. If you did, please share it with your network. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you wherever you are on iTunes. If you're listening to this through our website, we'd love to have a comment back from you. If you are listening to this, uh, through any other medium, um, please share it with your network and um, let us know what you thought about it. Until next time, thank you.